yourself look cool? Oh, but you can't get highlights? Try a pixie cut. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but stylish fans of the show. I'm Michael LeFaver. And I'm stylish Ryan Matlock. And today we're reviewing 5-8 Brighter Days by Beth Culp, episode 67 on our return to Gilead. And now we have the episode that has the most clips cut yet from an episode. Uh, we'll oh get like nine and a half minutes in season uh, season ten, but until then, this is one of the the most some of the most cuts I've seen. Uh, you want to talk about it? Dashed to pieces. Yeah, there's super significant stuff that's cut here, and I'm okay. So lay it on this, me. There's the scene where uh, Haley's talking about getting highlights, and uh, the parents go no 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 no, and then the next scene is Mary talking with Grace over the phone, and then Joan comes in. And then the next scene after that is Haley talking with Brooke about the highlights. That whole scene with Mary and Joan and Grace is cut. What? The whole scene. Yeah. And then there's another scene (laughs) where Luke and Becca are running and talking about everything. It's like the second scene where they're actually working out in the episode and talking about uh, being a friend to, uh, to Becca and how Becca's going down a dark path. That whole scene is cut. And then uh, the whole scene. Yeah. And then there's uh, a bit in that's actually the from the clip of the day. The next part is with the final conversation between Mary and Joan. Since there was a reference to Tom Richter in the previous scene that was cut, that reference is cut in the final scene, which is sad because I think the Tom Richter stuff is the most powerful part of the episode. And it's I can't believe point. it was cut. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like and I so, mean, I get it. It's 30 minutes long. Yeah. You got to cut something, and it's really difficult with this episode being so jam-packed. Mm-hmm. You'd have to, like, cut an entire lot, uh, an entire plot piece at some point. Right, but let's uh, let's uh, put do the summary for this one. How about that? Yeah. Cut off from her daughter and at her lowest point yet, Joan Taylor seeks out Mary Morrison for answers to her pain. Meanwhile- I see what hey- you did there. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't do that intentionally. <laughs> Meanwhile- Haley starts obsessing over her... No, I can't get through this with a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Haley starts obsessing over her appearance, wanting to style her hair in a more mature fashion. I see what you did there. You you said you you had cut off (laughs) because they cut so much from this episode and because Haley's hair got cut off. Um, yeah, but it totally was not intentional, so... I think uh, it's funny. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, uh... Why don't we talk about how this episode is a worse version of free-for-all? Wait, what? The reason I'm comparing this to free-for-all is because we've got the Morrison plot on the one hand, and then you have the other family plot on the other hand. Morrison plot has raccoon babies, and then Mr. Key having the answers and Grace not sharing the answers. And then you've got Ms. Kopech and Maya having all these emotional scenes. The difference is that that episode had both active and reactive scenes on both sides you had scenes of them being with the raccoons and interacting with them and finding them and then scenes talking about the raccoons and then like taking them to the vet talk or to the the shelter and then talking about it and then go talking about going to mr key and then actually talking with mr key he's swatting flies and then talking about talking with mr key just a little bit of that but we also had a fair bit of maya and ms kopeck actually hanging out ms kopeck seeing that maya is being mistreated by her mom and then them talking about that and then a great payoff where we had a great send-off from ms kopeck that's great this one Almost all of the scenes with Joan are reactive, and almost all of the scenes with Haley are active. Like, there's stuff that's happening with Haley. We don't really see a lot of contemplating life with Haley. We see the contemplating life with Joan's side. And I think I 
I want, I really want to love this episode, but I can't because it's just so clouded by the Haley stuff that I, I don't even think mm. has to be there. The episode is already a half an hour long. What if those six minutes of the episode with all the Haley stuff, what if just cut all that out and then drop in a couple more active scenes with Joan, like maybe Ben taking some, like spending time with Joan and then like maybe again, running into Becca or, or things like that and actually have more plot on that side that can drive the non-payoff, even if there aren't payoffs at the end, that can still drive the emotional beats. That's what I was looking so for in this episode. What, what would the it. active scenes with Joan look like? Like, what would she be acting to do? Well, we get an example with Luke helping her and with getting things for her. And so maybe we can have a scene where, like, she's trying to walk around the house or, like, she's trying to help move things. And they're like, no, 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 you, you don't need to do that. She's like, oh, but, but, but I do. Like, you all are being so nice to me. And then have that play into why are you being so good to me? I don't deserve this. That could be a, a, another example. I do think there are quite a few scenes that work really, really well. I don't think we need more active scenes with Joan. It's just when you have the Haley stuff in there, the Haley scenes become the only active scenes that I see. I actually very much disagree with you. Really? In that I like <laughs> that Joan's side is mostly reactive and that Haley's is active. Let's talk because about that's partially the point of the episode. So let me break this down. Okay. I was actually in a similar place where I was kind of like, why is Haley in this episode like what what's the point here mm -hmm. does it her conflict have anything to do with joan and so i was re-listening to a few scenes uh right before we started yeah and i figured out what the connection was and uh if initially here's what i wrote down in my notes before i listened to those scenes i put this episode is kind of all over the place <laughs> and then i listened to those scenes and i continued writing and i wrote down Haley's supposed to learn that the outside doesn't matter god works from the inside out which turns out Haley's beliefs that life works from the outside in is the way Joan has lived her life. Right. And so we get a micro example with Haley thinking that the outside will influence the inside and then a macro example with Joan. And then those both with Haley learning that, no, the inside is what matters, leads to Joan realizing that the outside doesn't matter as much as the inside as well. The problem is, mm -hmm. for an adult who has lived their entire life like that, you don't just undo that with, like, one person saying, oh, no, I forgive you, necessarily. Because, like, it's clear that that's not the case with Tom, for example. That we get the scene later, uh, like, that conversation with Tom and Grace. But for now, we just know that Grace has forgiven him, but he won't forgive himself. That's very much a crucial plot point in this episode. It is. <laughs> Unless you cut it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Steve! Uh, <laughs> why? Yeah, right. Right. Okay. But <laughs> just put, like, menacing music behind me as I said that. <laughs> Unless you cut it. But no, the point of this episode is that the thing that leads or the, the things that lead Joan to realizing her wrongs is not when people are nice to her or when people tell her what is wrong with herself. Because she knows that she has limited time, but she also has a lifetime's worth of botched perspectives that make it near impossible to sort of overhaul and rethink that. And so as she's looking around and seeing, nope, I can't fix this. I've ruined Becca 
permanently. And nope, I can like try to pick up the pieces as best as I can, but the way that she looks at me isn't stopping and I can't do anything to change that. Um, it's easy for her to kind of get swallowed up in this sense of guilt and I can't do it all. And as such, because she's in that hole and she doesn't necessarily have hope to pull her out until Mary talks to her about it. And Mary has to really fight her on it, too. Yes. Because... Like, it's not a quick, oh, no, no, we forgive you. Oh, okay, well, then I guess I'll become a Christian. It's, It's, I've been hating you, Mary, and I don't know what to do with that emotion. Right. And so they have to be, like, really on, they have to reach a point of blunt honesty and, no, 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 you can't run away from this conversation. You need to hear this kind of conversation for that to go anywhere. So there's not really much room in Joan's character to have any benefit from active scenes where people are being nice here and there. She has to have sort of a blunt something hit her like a train. And that's what Haley in a sort of weird way does because, because, Oh, right. No, because I thought that was just a a sneaky way to plug the other plot. Sorry, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, no, no, it actually is very intricately woven in there that, Mary says, well, my child seems to think that uh, the things on the outside are what fix what's on the inside, you know? And Joan's like, that's the way I've lived my whole life. And it's sort of an out of the mouths of babes kind mm-hmm. of moment no, totally. where the actions and circumstances of a child speak volumes when we look at it as an adult, because from Joan's perspective, Like, it's easy for adults to look at kids and be like, oh, yeah, you ran too fast and bonked into that pole. Kids are so stupid. But then, you know, we get in a rear ending or something. (laughs) And we're like, oh, oh, I'm just as dumb as children. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not clear whether that was, like, super intentional or whether it was just a way to segue the conversation. But I like to think that because Joan is at a point where she needs some blunt pressure points kind of tapped here and there mm-hmm. in such a way that it causes everything to spill out. It makes Haley's plot seem a lot more significant yeah. from a meta God is working things together kind of situation, because there's another conversation part where <laughs> Mary talks about like, if this anger from Becca is causing you to think this way and like, consider god then god bless her yeah that's an incredible line and so we've got two points where children acting out in a way that they shouldn't is pushing joan to rethink things that she's thought are true her entire life which her entire life is a lot of time yeah like what four or five decades maybe yeah so that's my general take on this episode is that I recognize where you're coming from, that it would be nice for both Haley and for Joan to have more balance between here's the active things we're doing and then us learning from it and then us kind of cooling down and having some reflection time. But for Haley, she's had reflection time like that in the past (laughs) where they've had other episodes where she talks about her looks in uh, Food for Thought. And here, this is really just kind of those old habits rearing their ugly head again so she doesn't really need to learn the lesson 
and reflect on it anymore. Well, she gets it good and she hard. She just though. needs <laughs> she just needs a good harsh reminder. <laughs> hey, say goodbye to your hair. That's what you want, right? 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 Well, <laughs> so yeah. Now that you've uh, put it in that perspective, and I'm seeing it through that lens, I can see how this is the epitome of a Beth Culp episode because yes. there's not a ton of payoff. There's a little bit. But the big payoff we get is the interactions <laughs> between the characters on this little line that I said at the – I think we said at the very beginning of Gilead that Beth will pick up on a little thing. And this happens with Joan where she hears this, starts thinking about it, starts looking for it, starts seeing the hatred in Becca's eyes and wondering, oh, does that come from me? Is that because I've been pursuing it this way? And the scene between Luke and her where she asks, like, hey, is – like, what about her faith? Like, does she have that same beliefs that you do? And Luke mentions that to Brooke when they're they're running and, and stuff. I think you've convinced me once again, Ryan. These conversations oh, just keep well, getting good. better and better. Wow. Awesome. That was fun. Speaking of puns, uh, the pun rating for this episode is um, seven, no, nine out of ten, actually, because Haley highlights. wants brighter ha- Yeah, and highlights brighter <laughs> days, plus brighter days for Joan in the future as she enjoys her life in Christ. Yay! Like, puns don't always have to be, like, a ra- pun rating doesn't always have to be, oh, that was a really funny pun. It, it just, it just you know, be a good title, right? It's just very, it's more about the appropriateness about the, of the pun. Yeah. yeah I, sort I, of, like, how, how much it relates to the episode, plus how clever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty clever. I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. Why don't we listen to the clip? Let's do it. That story you told me about Tom Richter the other day, I know that story. You have to live every day knowing the pain you have caused to other people, especially people you love. Huh? I understand, Tom. That's all. No, Joan. Tom is trapped because he can't accept the forgiveness that's been given to him. You don't have to make that same choice. Forgiveness, Mary? (laughs) Why don't you step into my shoes for one second? Just long enough to look at Rebecca. To see that she is a broken little girl, and to know that I'm the one who broke her. Becca loves you, Joan. <laughs> it's only because she's loved you so much that she's hurting so badly. It's a really interesting observation, but it goes back to the whole reason that Becca is upset is because she we had established earlier in the season, Becca has these such great memories of the spring ball, and then Joan just left. And what I love in this one, that was cut. Joan regrets what happened and wants to make up for it, wants that forgiveness. And you don't get that, I think, until like a couple episodes later. It's just her dealing with the guilt, but not necessarily, I really regret what I did. We haven't heard that until the parallel to Tom Richter. And so in this one, I really appreciate that it's here Mm -hmm. because I think this establishes what you were saying about Becca earlier. I was thinking about if she is our main character, is she a good character? Is she somebody, someone we can sympathize with? And I was thinking, well, what if we're not supposed to? What if we are supposed to sympathize with Luke and Ben and Joan and Mary? And so by sympathizing with those characters, by coming at it from their perspective, we want Becca to come around, but it's not like we're also coming around with Becca. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah, I, I get that. And I think maybe the question in my head is, like, which lesson needs to be learned, perhaps. And maybe that just comes down to which, like, what the writers want mm-hmm. for this series. 
Because if we're meant to side with Joan and everyone else, then the lesson kind of becomes more about forgiveness is available. If we're meant to side with Becca and then eventually come around and learn the lesson that Becca learns, then the lesson is more about forgiving others. Yeah, we will talk about this. I'm sure there will be episodes later where we, I think it's the the next one. So yeah, look forward, cool. to, look forward to that. You want to talk about the bank teller? The bank teller, <laughs> yes. Here's a little sucker for your little fellow there. <laughs> and Haley is losing it. Yes. It's so that's funny. Great. It's really I funny. I feel like, did I call that at some point? Because I feel like when I heard that they were at the bank, I was like, wait, the bank? <laughs> Where you get suckers? For little but fellas? No, I don't think I did. I don't think, I, I maybe, okay. I think this is revisionist history, but uh, that was really funny. And I think yeah. like when I first heard that scene, I may have lost it. Yeah. And, and another thing, I thought that the Haley controversy was going to be over at the beginning of the episode or Haley conflict because she's seeing all these ads and the ads are ultra annoying. And then she's saying, oh, Dad, I want to be more grown up. And then John goes, well, hey, you almost missed making cookies. He's like, oh, Michael got to lick the ball. And I think, well, that's definitely a, a, a kiddish thing to do. So it's a little ironic. It's a very amusing uh, just just open yeah. overall. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the parody of the episode because it's actually pretty spot on for kids' commercials on television. It's quite terrible, actually. Like, I remember commercials like that geared towards shows that I watched. Mm-hmm. Not because I was a girl, but just because I was in that age range and they were going after the girls. And they were terrible. Mm-hmm. But then there's also just the her response is amusing. The cookies thing is amusing. I was amused. I think my the line in the middle of the episode that it actually made me. I was drinking something, <laughs> or uh, lemonade. That's what it was. Uh, lemonade. Appropriate. Yeah, I was drinking Adding lemonade. Some sugar to and the lemonade. Li- <laughs> and this line came up, and it made me spit out my lemonade. It was <laughs> Haley saying, "I don't want to be cute. Puppies are cute. Beautiful. Babies are cute. Kittens are cute." Chubby little things are cute. <laughs> or did she? She said chubby little things or chubby grubby little, little things. things that drool, are, I think are cute. Gr- that's what it was. Yes, chubby <laughs> little things that drool. <laughs> and that made me spit out my lemonade. I thought it was funny when enough. she when she comes in on the next scene uh, after we've seen the like the beginning scene and Mary and John are talking. She, she and she's like, "Oh, why do you have that picture?" And then turns the picture over and Mary's like, "Haley, that's a family photo." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, but like." Why do you keep it out here in the like in the in the living room? And John's like, well, that's the general idea of the family photo. <laughs> Why would you put this in the family room? Put it in the den. I wanted to mention, uh, with the whole conversation about Tom, we find out in the extended version of this episode that the news about Tom is slowly spreading to the people who want to know, like Ben telling Joan, but not to everybody at once because not everybody needs to know. Um, yeah, yeah. The the town at large does not know. Uh, are you okay with that? Is the question. Oh, are we go. <laughs> we have to. It's, it was brought up, so we have to go there. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I wasn't prepared for that. Um, oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I'm. I'm just thinking. I don't know whether I care or not because the concern in my head was the is... concealing of information, right? Well, it's the concealing of information. Yes. So that would be the one thing. So like, if someone asked, "Hey, why is Tom all?" about this uh, drunk driving campaign. I think maybe the proper answer would be, well, why don't you ask him? Yes. But then I think the other thing is, if Tom 
were to go about lying about the campaign, like, oh yeah, I'm doing this campaign because Grace caused her parents to get in an accident. No, and he's clearly that not would doing be that. entirely different, and you'd be like, um, someone should say something because that's not true. Yeah, but we don't get that indication that he's doing that, right? Right, right. He's not doing that. So I don't have a concern with Tom right now because he's not lying to people. He's not spreading misinformation and people are able to just kind of live their lives and he's able to live his life. No one's causing any issues. It's all good. Yeah. Really right now, the main issue is that Joan has to, she's very fond of going into the diner and going, Oh, you mean Monica? Joan. Monica is very fond of going to the diner and going Joan. Joan says Joan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that again over then. I do that all the time here at Liberty. I go into the cafeteria and I go, Michael. (laughs) <laughs> I dare you, know, you to Ryan, do that now. Whenever he gets to his job at the at, like his marketing job on the days that he's working, the whole team is in there. He throws up at the doors and goes, "Ryan!" Uh, <laughs> this is gonna make a great outtake. <laughs> oh no, that's staying in. No. Right now, the main problem is that Monica has a tendency to go into diners and go, Oh, Joan, how art thou? Yeah, but Joan knows the full story, so, yeah. She does. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> that would be a great way to get Monica off her back. <laughs> just like, Monica, Say, Monica comes what in, are she's you like, talking Joan, about? how are you? And she's like, I know. <laughs> Monica just goes, I, I'm a head out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I need to get Maya out of here. <laughs> How about we end this? Sounds good. Well, we're nearing the final four episodes of season five, which are the most emotionally jarring, impactful of the season, from what I remember. So uh, if you were uh, prepared for that, I don't know. How are you feeling about this whole thing, Ryan? You ready to hey, get Hey, five the episodes four? before we get our listener base back. Oh, right. <laughs> no i'm just kidding but in all seriousness i am excited for these last episodes in the meantime how can our current listener base get in contact with us well they can go to return to where they'll find all of our episodes all the extra stuff uh, extra resources and things to read and listen to as well as on anchor.fm slash return to gilead they can leave a voice message yes yeah you can uh you can also go to return to gilead.com to find information about our past guests who have been featured on this podcast reach out to us let us know what you think we love interacting with fans and for your voice message here is your challenge if you yeah. can't think of something to do a voice message for let's get at least one message do your best rendition of your favorite song that is sung on the program Obviously. Whether it's ah. the Star Spangled... <laughs> I was going to get there. <laughs> I jumped the gun. Where, whether it's the Star Spangled Banner or possibly the Lawnmower, Leaf Blower. Fixing leaf blower? the Leaf Blower. Fixing the Leaf Blower. Using this wrench to fix it to make it work ah. again. I almost forgot that song existed. I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Next time we'll be reviewing episode 68, Spring Loaded, on Return to Gilead. We are the mighty sucks. No!